Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The final countdown, the final countdown. We are living, I believe, in the last of the last days. Misinformation is a word that has recently become very popular among media outlets. If you haven't been living under a rock for the past four and a half years, you've heard the word misinformation. Our former commander-in-chief actually had a special title for what is called misinformation. He called it fake news. Misinformation is false or inaccurate information, especially that which deliberately intends to deceive. False or inaccurate information that is used with the intention to deceive. Sometimes a misinformation is shared unintentionally. You'll tell somebody that something starts at 8 o'clock and they show up at 8 o'clock, but it actually started at 7 o'clock. And while you did not intentionally deceive them, the information you gave was misinformation. It was incorrect. Now, <clears throat> even when misinformation is unintentional, it can have devastating consequences. Tell somebody to go up a wrong way street and they follow your directions or if you've ever used a GPS and uh, if you're not paying attention, you could end up in a river somewhere. Any wrong information, any wrong information is misinformation. Now there is a difference between disinformation and misinformation. Disinformation is, is error or something that is untrue that is deliberately shared with the intention of deceiving you. Misinformation, as I've already said, may be unintentional and does not have as its motive to trick you. Now, you may not intend to give misinformation, as I've already said, but it, it can have consequences. Now, the reason misinformation is so appealing and easy for us to accept is because it's mixed with some truth. It's watered down truth that once something is diluted and it's called truth, even though it has grains of truth or nuggets of truth, it ceases to be true if it's mixed with error. It is no longer true if it's diluted. And that's why the Bible says that we ought to be like newborn babes who desire, who crave, who long for the pure, unadulterated word of God that we might grow by it, not the diluted truth, but pure, genuine, undiluted. Something, some things, and I'm, I'm going to help, help me to walk through this, this uh, getting the plane uh, elevated here, because this is important. It is untrue that there's alternative truth. You don't get to choose truth. It's not optional. It's not whether you like it or disagree with it. Truth is either true or it's untrue. It is factual and verifiable. Alternative truth is really your opinion. And your opinion may be factual or, <coughs> or unfactual. Now, the source and standard for all that is true is God. And the truth of God is recorded in his word. Jesus actually declares in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the truth, the source, the originator of the truth. 
I am the way and the life, and the only way that you can get to God is through the truth, the way, the life, and he is Jesus. Jesus also added that you can know the truth. Truth is knowable. And when you do know the truth, he says, the truth will set you free. Misinformation is designed by the devil, who is the father of all lies, to support pre-existing beliefs or personal experiences that we have. And one of the ways that you can know <clears throat> that truth is being altered in order to tailor to your or my experiences our, our pre-existing belief is just do some Google searches. Google technicians are working behind the scenes to learn your patterns and your habits. And before long, you find out that the, the way the articles are appearing on your computer are now aligned to what your interests are. Because uh, misinformation to manipulate us so that we are deceived is often customized to fit what we pre, what we pre, what our pre-existing beliefs were are what our experience is. And because we experience it, and because we believe it, even though what we believe may, may or may not be true, because it agrees with what we believe, our experience, we accept it as true, but it's misinformation. I want you to know that misinformation is very demonic. We don't recognize it as from the father of lies. That's why it's so dangerous. And the Bible talks about that in the last days, one of the things that God said he will allow, because of the rejection of the truth of the good news concerning Jesus, God says, I am going to allow the lawless one, the Antichrist, through signs and wonders to use misinformation to cause people to believe Strong delusions, deception. <clears throat> and I wondered how could this happen, especially uh, as Jesus references this in, in Matthew chapter 24 about the last days, how many false prophets will arise and that many will be deceived. And in verse 24 of that same chapter, it says, if the end didn't come quickly, even the very elect, the chosen, of God could be deceived. Now, the question is, how in the world could people who know the word of God be deceived? Well, I believe that we, in the technological time that we live in, is that the truth is so diluted that it is easy to misinterpret the truth for error. Now, what's interesting about that as we continue is that the delusions that God said that he will, will give man's mind over to to be deceived, we're not told what that will be. Some of us think, well, it'll be the mark of the beast. Some, uh, uh, some, of, some people already think, well, if you got vaccinated, you got the mark of the beast, and, and, and you are elect they're able to track you wherever you go. They got your information. Guess what? If you got a cell phone, they know where you is <laughs> at all times. So if there's anything that would represent being, uh, being uh, uh, controlled by the evil one, it's that little thing that we keep in our pocket and we don't seem to be able to separate ourselves from called cell phone. I believe that what the devil is actually using to deceive Christians in the last of the last days is misinformation. And because it is a secular term that has been politicized, we don't think of it as a spiritual attack. We just think of it as Republican or Democrat, white or black, 
but the source that is behind every lie. Anything that would direct you and persuade you to disbelieve what God has already declared, that is none other than Satan, and he works through. I believe that the greatest delusion that the devil is using as his handy, as, as a tool of choice today is misinformation. And one of the dangers of misinformation is we're so skeptical about what we hear that if there was a national disaster and it was announced on TV today, half of America wouldn't believe it. I believe that thousands of people are dying today because of misinformation. The devil is at work through misinformation. And what the Apostle Paul talks about in the last days, specifically to the church at Rome and through them to us, he said, watch out. Be on guard for misinformation. Now, what's interesting about that as we go through, you ain't going to find misinformation in the Bible. That word ain't there. But misinformation is Satan's way of appearing as an angel of light. The Bible says the devil, who is our adversary, masquerades. He disguises himself as an angel of light. He changes terminologies and makes them make words that should cause us to shiver. He makes them sound benign and neutral. Misinformation is dangerous. It's demonic, especially when the enemy is using it to dilute your faith, to cause you to trust in God less, to cause you not to acknowledge him in all your ways, to cause you rather than to lean on him for understanding, he's causing us to lean on our own self for understanding because the major message of misinformation is that we as humans have the right to make the final decisions about our life. That's what misinformation empowers the flesh to think, that somehow you don't have to consult God. Just consult your Google search. When is the last time you had a serious Bible study? in the same way you search down that next bargain you're going to pay, purchase through Google or other social media. We are more informed by the news outlets that are often on. I go into the homes of seniors who are dying, and from <clears throat> the time they wake up until they go to bed, the news is on. And guess what? There's not a media outlet that is unbiased as it, as it relates to directing our attention to bringing glory to God. The enemy, the enemy's great delusion, I believe, today is misinformation. That spirit of antichrist is in the world today. Paul says, watch out. Now, <clears throat> When you see terms like false doctrine, apostasy, false teaching, those are terms that Christians are aware of. And if you heard somebody teaching Jesus didn't die for our sins and Christ wasn't, what, is not God in the flesh and Jesus really didn't become incarnate, you automatically, that, we, the spirit won't agree with that. We're familiar with those terms. But we don't attack, so, so I would say the equivalent to false doctrine, false teaching, apostasy, and words like heresy would be, in, in, in place of that, let's use the word misinformation. Misinformation. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to assume, and we're, we're getting into the sermon, we're getting there, we're heading there. By Bible doctrine, I mean the fundamentals, the, the essentials of our faith, the non-negotiables. I'm talking about the things that the Bible, through the Holy Spirit, directed by God and the Word who is Christ, the things that God has already decided in Scripture, that is doctrine. And when we teach 
doctrine, fundamentals, essentials of the faith that have already been determined and decided, that is what's called sound or healthy doctrine. And so doctrine are the things that God has already determined and decided. It's our job, because it's true, is to simply say amen and obey. The enemy is working. And so we begin our, 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 this, this portion of Scripture. The Apostle Paul says, watch out. And there's four, at least four things that I want to consider with you. The first thing is the plea, the plea. Say plea. The plea of the Apostle Paul in verse 17. And then we're going to see the purpose for which he makes the plea about avoiding misinformation. We'll see that in verses 18 and 19. And then we're going to see the promise that God makes to those who avoid succumbing to misinformation. And then I'm going to give you practical steps on how to handle misinformation. Somebody say amen. Paul says, beware. Listen to the scriptures. It says in verse 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, I appeal to you, I plead with you, I beg you. Paul is speaking to the church as a spiritual father, as their pastor. He is, he is appealing to them because there is a clear and present danger. I, I just wish you could feel that as I do in my spirit. There is a clear and present danger that every Christian faces today. To watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Now, notice what the Apostle Paul does not say in his plea to the church. What he doesn't do is exclude any Christians from this clear, clear and present danger. He said, brothers and sisters, I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care if they... Slap you on your backside in the church when you came out of your mama. Brothers and sisters, be aware, be on guard, be alert. Make note of, don't let your guard down. This is a military term. He says, act like a sentry when it comes to what goes through your ears, what you receive in your heart, because as you think, that is will be as you are. Your thoughts determine your attitude, and your attitude determines what? Your actions. And so he doesn't exclude any Christians. He doesn't view, secondly, the danger of misinformation on a gender basis. Well, misinformation, women, you know how more women are more gullible than men. No, 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 no. He doesn't exclude men or women. He says, brothers and sisters, watch out. Don't take your eye off the road. I know you want to text. I, I know you don't want to miss that Instagram. I know you're trying to figure out who, who's, who just said what on Twitter. But no, 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 no. Just like you understand, you don't take your eyes off the road. He said, when it comes to spiritual truth, don't take your eyes off the road. I believe that we are where we are in the world today. It's because the church, starting with the pastors, have taken our eyes off of the truth. Now the church is in the ditch. We don't even know how to get out. But thanks be to God, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell, pandemics, nothing will, will cause my church to perish. He also doesn't say what the specific doctrine that which has already been decided in the scriptures, the fundamentals, the essentials. He doesn't tell us what the devil <coughs> is going to attack. Nothing is off limits to Satan that is sacred. The devil, if you are paying attention, there are Bibles that don't have a single miracle that God ever performed. They, miracles in their mind are mystic, mystical, so they take all the miracles out. 
They're Bibles that have been written by quote-unquote theological uh, 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 experts who are feminists that take all the masculine gender uh, pronouns out. Whenever God is referred to in the masculine gender, they just take the he, the him, they're just out. And God is referred to in generic terms. And we know God is spirit, and they that worship it. So God is beyond gender. But in his divine providence, he decided that I want to identify myself with the masculine pronoun. Now, if I was God, I don't know if I would have done that, but guess what? The last I knew, I ain't God. And, and let me tell you a secret. Neither are you. I hear the word of God saying, let any man who alters the truth that I have given through divine, superintendent, Holy Spirit-directed revelation, if you change one jot or tittle to suit false narratives, let every curse in the entire book of Revelation, let that curse come upon that person. God is referred to as the creator, the, the heavenly power, the being. The doctrines that are under attack are the definition of marriage. Things that we just took, you never even thought about it. Men get married to men. The Lutheran church just elected their first transgender bishop for over 200 churches. And, and, and the answer was, we want, to, we want to elect people that love what you love. What about loving what God loves? How about, an, that's a, that love sounds so, so good and, 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 yeah, it's just wrong to say. No, no, God hates sin. The definition of marriage, gender identity. The enemy comes against everything that God says. Nothing, nothing is off limits because the devil hates you and anything that is connected to Jesus. And in our, we, we just want, oh, why don't we just all get along? We should just be inclusive. No, Paul said, watch out! Now, there's things that you're not going to eat. There are places you aren't going to go because you know it's not healthy. You know it's not good for you. But when it comes to the Bible, oh, everybody can, you know, we all have our beliefs. No, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end of that way is the way of death. The way of, way of transgression is hard. What, notice what Paul does say. And, and the first part of the sermon is going to be a little uh, more, more detailed. But the first thing that he says, he said, we need to know our mission. One of the reasons the church is in the ditch is because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. The mission is, he says, watch out. What are you looking out for spiritually? Uh, do you understand, the Bible says, that you and I are in, at war. This world is not our home. We wrestle not. See, see, if somebody stood in your face and pointed at you and called you that N-word, you'd be ready to fight. You have your phone out taking pictures. Hope it's an executive. Hope it's somebody I can sue. <laughs> but when it comes to spiritual assault on our souls, we are so anesthetized by the distractions of the world, the voices that we, 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 have, we, have, we have overly saturated with information. We got the phone in our face, the TV on, and, 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 and we've got music playing in the background and kids running all around. We are so distracted that we don't even know that we run head on into the divine judgment of God. So your mission is watch out. Stay alert, keep sharp, an eye out, keep a sharp eye out. Mark out, notice certain kinds of folk that are in your life. Don't let your spiritual guard down. Pay attention at all times when it comes to misinformation. Ask yourself, what am I, what, ask this question when you're talking to people. Is what I'm hearing, is it true? 
Or is it, is it factual or is it my feelings? I know I had some bad pizza last night. <laughs> some things may seem true. You ain't dying because your stomach hurts. <laughs> you may need to do something else, but and you ain't dying. The devil is a liar. Sometimes you just need to say, devil, you are a liar. That's misinformation. God said, I know the plans I have for you. I'm not a failure. I'm not a loser. I am a winner because greater is he. The devil, you, he is a liar. It's his fact or feeling. You don't have to agree with what's true because your feelings don't make it true or untrue. True is ab- truth is absolute. Now, let me be careful now. Everything is not true or false. Some things are just neutral. You, you can't, again, opinion. We can have our opinion, but when God says something is so, that settles it for Christians. And we, we need to be asking ourselves, am I, am I, do I really know Jesus? <coughs> Here's the second thing that we need. Know the enemy's methods. He uses deceivers. Notice the second part of the verse. He says, watch out for those who cause division. These are people that we know that attend church. But they also can be outside of the church. It could be your favorite news reporter that you watch every night that is living a godless life that we have become comfortable with because it's him or it's her. And God says, I hate their sin. And we can't sign off on it. Well, she's been with him for 30 years but never married. God calls that fornication. Yes, he does. And it's an abomination. He said, for this reason, he said, don't be deceived. Don't believe misinformation. Don't don't, don't believe all the the texts that you're receiving. Don't agree with what Google says. God said, for this reason, some of you will not enter into heaven. And one of the things is that people that practice sex outside of marriage without repentance, idolatry. And he said, well, such were some of you. You were that way. But we have been changed. Oh, hallelujah. Let me run on. Let me run on. Know the enemy's methods. He uses deceivers. He appears as a sheep in wolf's clothing. That's why the Bible says evil company corrupts morals. You are either influencing the people you're with or they are influencing you. You need to be asking yourself about the people that you feel most comfortable with. What do they believe about God? What do they believe about the Bible? What are our conversations about? If the Bible says avoid profane and vain babble. These are some discussions that are just useless, have nothing to do with about eternity, has nothing to do with things that will turn your attention to God to help you to grow. Beware of deceivers. Also, beware of distractions. This is the methods that the enemy uses, distractions. <clears throat> he, the Bible, here's the scripture says, who put obstacles in your way that, that are contrary to the teachings that you receive, contrary to what God has already settled and decided in the Bible, Bible doctrine. He places stumbling blocks in your path so that you will fall. Now, what's a stumbling block? Well, a stumbling block is anything that the enemy uses to hinder you from growing in your relationship to Jesus. It can be your job. I don't care how much money you make it. It can be, it can be your children. It can be your appearance. It could be your feelings. Some people live so much under the domination of their feelings that your feelings are, abs- are, are more important to you than the authority of God. You're bowing down to your emotions. So a stumbling block is anything that keeps you from studying God's word. What keeps you from in the, being in the word? We don't have any problem watching TV. We don't have no problem uh, listening to our favorite music. Whatever keeps you from spending time in the word of God, 
that's a stumbling block for you. What is keeping you from doing your ministry? You were saved to serve. Why aren't you serving? And so whatever that why, however you answer that question, that's a stumbling block. And so the Lord says, not only do I want you to be aware, watch out for your mission, to watch out. That's your mission, to watch out for people who cause division. But it, you're, 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 the method that the devil uses is distraction. But the devil also uses disinformation. He says, by smooth talk and flattery, what the enemy does and what has happened in prosperity gospel, they told you if you give God one dollar, he'll give you ten. You give him ten, he'll give you a hundred. Give him a hundred, he'll give you a thousand. Give him a hundred. You know, so, so the de- the, the, that's, that, hey, show me that in the Bible. Somebody uh, call himself a prophet. Tell me how I can hit the lottery. It makes me useful at least. <laughs> the Lord gave me this for you. See that man over there? That's going to be your husband. But he's been married five times, and he's currently married. Why would I want him? And, and, and God does call that, have a word for that, and it's called adultery. There's some, there's some things you just need to rebuke. The devil is a liar. I told people, they come praying over me. I said, you know what? I don't receive that. And they just look at me like, well, what do you mean you don't receive it? I pray. That didn't come from God. God, God may have told you that, but he didn't tell, say that to me. Oh, yeah, well, I prayed in spirit. Yeah, you may have prayed in spirit. Well, what spirit did you pray in? And so the devil will use stumbling blocks. Now, how does the devil use stumbling blocks? It says, by attacking the things that you've already learned, the doctrine that you already know, the doctrine that God has already concluded finally as ter- in terms of the essentials. They're already here. That's what the enemy will attack. One of the things that the devil's attacking is he'll tell a parent, and we believe these, you, this is a doctor for a family. Their children are in mental institutions on psychotropic medications, and they're seeing therapists. And you don't know none of that. But they're telling you, if you spank your child, you will do irreparable damage. Boy, that sounds scary, doesn't it? Irreparable damage. But God says, you spare the rod. We say, spoil. He said, you ruin the child. Because if you love your child, you will discipline them. Even God disciplines those who he loves. No, I know my mom and dad got a little out of control. You know, if I wasn't so dark, you'd probably see all kinds of scars and, and hickeys up on me. But I, I think I turned out all right. Psychologists say, don't force your children to go to church. Let them grow up and decide on their own, and they will grow up to be little heathens and then grown heathens. And here's what deep, you don't ask your child, do you want to go to school today? Guess what those little, uh, let's get what those little uh, sinners would say. No, I don't want to go to school today. But you send them to school because you understand there's this, there's this issue called legal, it's a legal issue called truancy and, and neglect, and, and you can lose your job, and, and, and there's consequences. But there's a greater consequence that we understand. Children need education to be successful. Why would they need less education from the word of God? The scripture says, train up your child. In the way, the reason why we got the mess that we have today is because we live in a generation that does not know God. We don't even testify of God to our children anymore. They just come there impressed with our beautiful homes and where we travel and the, the, the expensive things that we wear. When's the last time you said, but for the grace of God? If it hadn't been for Jesus, I don't, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know where I would be today. The Lord, I was not seeking the Lord. He found me, and I was running. 
and smiling at the same time, running right into a truck called Divine Judgment and didn't even see it. But he snatched me by his grace. He grabbed me by his love. He wrapped his eternal salvation around me. Why? Because of his grace. Because, oh, thank you, God. I ain't going to let nobody sleep in the house that God gave me. They ain't going to church. You're going somewhere. We're going to have a holy fight right now. The scripture talks about the word does not return unto me void. You can't make them believe. But guess what the word? The God said some plant and others water. But God, if they're not getting the word, who's planting? By the time they get 13, well, they come to church now because they, they're truing and they think they're they smelling themselves. No, 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 you wait a little long now. Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. Don't forbid them. You bring your children to church. Well, they'll get it. Yeah, they're getting it every day from misinformation. Not talking about Jesus, people experiencing all kinds of miracles. A little three-year-old autistic kid lost in the woods for three days and nights. And they had cameras, but they couldn't find him. And one, when, they, when they finally located him, he was, they, they, they looked at where he was, and there was a camera there. And this little three-year-old autistic kid is drinking water from the river. How in the world would an autistic kid, and, 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 and this was when the, 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 the sub-freezing temperature with no shirt on, how does he survive that? Well, how lucky was my son. And I can't imagine how he made it. I can tell you, you don't have to imagine. It's called a miracle. <laughs> the devil distracts us through, mis through stumbling blocks. But he also uses, as I said, disinformation, smooth and flattering talkers. People who will tell you exactly what you want to hear, and they line right at, line to your face. I wouldn't take that if I was you. There are too many good men out here for you to be going through all that. That's why they by themselves. <laughs> and and I, here's what I would say if I was you. Guess what? You ain't me. And, 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 and I have this thing called the Bible that the Bible says that the love of Christ constrains me. I can't say everything I want to say. I, 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 even when I want to, the Spirit of God, there's a, you know how you had this lease on the dog, and the dog can go but so far, then you just, oh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And you, you shock yourself. If you had been in your flesh, oh, Lord, misinformation. And so we need to also know that the devil uses uh, dis disinformation. Those are the stumbling blocks. He, uh, here's another thing. We need to understand the enemy's motives. What are the enemy's motives? He says those, those who cause division and, and put obstacles in your way. One of the things that the enemy will do through misinformation, he will divide Christians. How does he do that? He gets right between you and your husband in your bed. Well, I ain't seen no devil in my bed. Oh, did you go to bed angry? Are you holding a, a spirit of unforgiveness and malice and hatred in your heart? Guess what? The devil's there. You just can't see him because you're so carnal. Don't you understand that the devil knows that a house that is divided against itself can't stand? If you ever made up your mind that you're going to be one at home, the devil would, you would put the devil to flight. Understand the devil's motive. He divides. He also discourages. One of the things that the devil will do through the obstacles and stumbling blocks is he will discourage you. I'm the only one going through. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself. She ain't trying to do nothing but to do whatever she had to do. She'd been married again and again and again, and here I'm just... I never told my boss a lie, and everybody's getting promoted but me. The devil will use discouragement to misinform you. He will distort the truth by teaching you what is contrary to the word of God. Hey, here's the problem. 
If you don't know the truth of God's word, you will not be able to discern when you've been lied to. That's why you have to stay, with the, stay in the word of God. And every one of us, some of us have been in the Lord for years, and we don't have anybody that we're discipling. We don't have anybody that we're pouring our life into. We don't have nobody that we're praying with on a regular basis. Every, there ought to be, for every lowest and Eunice, you ought to have somebody. The Bible says older women teach the younger women. Who are you teaching about the Lord? Why does somebody have to fail before you come to their aid? It's really interesting how we do. Somebody say, Pastor, man, you, you really putting on weight. And usually that's just before you get in the pulpit. <laughs> and then you lose 30 pounds. You don't hear nothing. When you're doing good, if you're doing bad, then everybody, you don't have to wait till somebody doing bad to help them. It's somebody new in the Lord. They need to be developed. They need to be discipled. Stay with me, almost done. And so he distorts the truth by teaching things that are contrary to the word. He also deceives for personal gain. This, he says, for, for such people are not serving the Lord, but their own appetites. Their goal is to take, not to give. Their goal is to use you and to manipulate you so they can get from you what they need. And sometimes what they need from you is power. And the way you give them power is to allow them to control how you think about yourself. If they don't speak to you, your day's ruined. <laughs> they, don't be, they don't friend you on, on Facebook. Oh, Lord. They did hey, everybody's friend, but they, they ain't accept my friendship. He says they do this for their own appetite, their own purposes. We let people use it. Here's the main, he said, we need to understand, that. here's another, man. They, the, their main target, he says, they deceive the minds of the naive. In verse 18b, now here's what's interesting. The first thing that we think, the naive, new Christians, immature, just got saved. No, 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 he didn't say immature, he said naive. That means simple-minded, overconfident people who think they got it together. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he said, let them who think they stand. Take heed, lest you fall. He says, in, 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 in Galatians chapter 10, he says, those who are spiritual, restore those who have been overtaken in sin, lest it happens to you. You do it with the spirit of meekness. And so the naive is anybody who thinks that it can't happen to them, that you can't be misinformed. That you can't run on 9-11 into a building that you shouldn't have gone into because you got misinformation. You were trying to do what's right. You were trying to say, but those buildings that were not supposed to collapse, they were man-made. There's nothing that man makes that will stand forever. So hundreds of firemen lost their life, miscommunication, misinformation. Not intentional. Let those who think they stand, oh, I've been saved for so long. I got a seminary degree and a, and a PhD, and I haven't been teaching for years. Don't you think that you can't be misinformed? And you become fierce. You're putting somebody in their place, and they ain't done nothing. They just, somebody just told you. Did you hear what they just said about you? What? And you, 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 you done blown up, and you're going to, I'm going to straighten them out. And all they say, I love you. That's not what you heard. Somebody say amen. Now let's run on. The purpose for Paul's warning for misinformation is verse 19. He says, everyone has heard about your obedience. So I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent and what is evil. And here's the purpose. There's three pur two purposes. For why the warning? He says, uh, the first purpose, so that you will know what pleases God. He said, everybody knows. He said, we've heard about your obedience, your obedience. Now, here's what happens in a, in a, in a, in a time of misinformation. You may begin to believe that it doesn't matter to live right or to live wrong. Everybody's just doing their own thing. But what's right is obedience pleases God. 
Everybody knows. How do they know? Because you will know them by their fruit. There is a fruit of righteousness that God observes and is pleased with. You need to to know that it matters to live in obedience, to live right, to say yes to what God says. It matters even when the world around you is totally ignoring truth and will try to intimidate you if you raise your hand and say, that's not true. I don't agree with that. The Bible is the word, or the Bible is just one of many books. And so the first reason why we need the purpose Paul wrote this is so that you'll know what's good. What's good is to obey God. Understand that. And they say, well, that's just basic. We under-. No, 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 no. That's being lost. It matters that you live a holy and righteous life. Why? Because the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. Are you still with me? So the first thing, so that you know what please God. Anybody want to please God? The choices that you make matter. And they should be informed and directed by the, by the word of God. Here's the second thing. So that you will know what doesn't please God. How do you determine what you do and what you don't do? By watching out. Watching out that the things that you've already learned, what God has already determined and decided on, is what we should be basing our lives on. Sound doctrine. Stay with me. So he says, he says three things. He says, but I want you to know, I want you to be wise about what is good. What, what is good means what is true and what is pure based on what God, God's word is the standard. There is still a standard. And the standard is the, based on the foundation of the infallible, unchangeable, without error word of God. It has never failed. And so he said, the first thing that you need to understand about what's wrong is that there is a difference between wrong and right. There is good. There is good. There is truth. There is accuracy. There is purity. Are you still with me? There's also a thing called innocence. He says, know what is innocent or simple. The word in the Greek has the idea of this. There are some things that are neutral that somebody may say, Here's my telephone number. Call me tonight. And they give you one wrong number. And you go home, man, they didn't want me to call them. They, I've been dialing this number all night. They gave me, they didn't, no, 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 that's neutral. That's not, that's not an essential, fundamental, foundational thing. There's some things that should just roll off your back. But there's some Christians who live their whole life fighting neutral. You are, you are exhausted, but you haven't run anywhere. You ever see people that just run in place? Just <laughs> you just running, but guess what? You ain't going nowhere. You sweating, your heart rate is up, you're tired, you're exhausted, but you until you put that baby in, in drive. And so what Paul said, you need to know what to fight about, what to, to he said, there are people that you should stay away from, and there are people who just are saying things that may not be accurate, but they may say it because they don't know the truth. And so that's neutral. You know how, need to know how to pick your fights. You need to, sometimes we major on the minors. We got a shotgun for the net, and we swallowing camels. We're making abortion laws more restrictive while people are dying. 680,000 people have died, and we won't tell people from the pulpit, wear a mask. Oh, abortion matters. But why are we so spiritually brain dead about other things that matter? Why are we fighting for people that are alive? To stay alive by simply taking precautions. The things that are neutral. Well, she know I sit on that side of church. Why would she take my seat? I don't even think I can worship today. I mean, if, if, if he really wanted to preach, he'd have a collar and a robe on. Man, I, I, I thought I was coming to church. 
And when is he going to start preaching anyway? I want to hear some hooper. Come on, Pastor. (laughs) And if you do that, how? Yeah. That may be your cup of tea, but it hasn't changed the way you live. We don't lack a bunch of hooping. We lack a bunch of truth that will change our thought life. Oh, I could put on a yellow suit and a red suit and a lime suit, put me some rings on my finger and give me some gold rim glasses, put some gold in my mouth and have a prayer line. The church would be packed. It would be packed. Start ordaining some sisters. The church would be packed. What's the problem? Well, I want to stick with the book. I'm sorry. I can't go beyond it. I can't say any more than it says. And when you can show me that I'm wrong in the scriptures, then I'll submit. But until you can do that, you are finding yourself being manipulated by misinformation. I know this ain't politically correct. I know this may not make some of you happy. But where is it in the book? Let God be true and every man a liar. And then he says, know what's good, know what's innocent. And he says, also know what's evil. There is evil. And how do you know? He said, judge the spirit. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through, I'm not going to read all those verses, but write that down. You need to learn how to judge the spirit. And then he tells you, the spirit that is against Christ, there's certain things that will be true. And you need to recognize that one minute Peter is saying, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Peter, this kind of faith, I'm going to build my church on. I'm going to give you some keys. And then the next minute, Peter said, you ain't going to no cross. You ain't dying. That just ain't happening on my watch. And Jesus recognized that, damn, this is another spirit. Flesh and blood didn't, didn't reveal the, den- the identity of Christ, but we know who, had, who was telling Peter to keep Jesus on the cross. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. That's a whole other spirit. There is evil that is behind misinformation that is intending to deceive you. Let me close with this. The promises of God. He says, God will provide you his peace, the God, <coughs> the God of peace, the God who is the source of peace. You really want peace? I want you to know you're not ready for a husband or a wife until you learn how to be at peace with the Lord as his call on your life. Until you write, you ain't ready for misters or miswrite. The promise is that God will give you the provision of his peace, but he also will give you power. He promises your power. He said, Be, understand that soon God will crush Satan under your feet. Whatever you're battling against, if you stay on the word, you keep your eyes focused on the Lord. I know it looks bad right now, but I'm going to look unto the author and the finisher of my faith. And as I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, God said, I'm going to put Satan under your feet. I'm going to crush his neck. I don't know what you're up against, but the Lord promises, I'm going to crush Satan. I'm going to defeat him. I'm going to give you the victory. You're going to be shouting one of these days. In fact, you don't have to wait until one of these days. Somebody ought to shout right now. Oh, you ought to shout right now. Oh, yeah. I can't wait until I can Ah, yeah. You ought to shout right now. He's already given us the victory. Somebody ought to pray. Oh, I got the victory. He's already put him under my feet. I have authority over the enemy. I don't care what weapon that is formed against me. It shall not. It will not. It cannot prosper. Somebody know what I'm talking about. The devil tried to take you out. He tried to deceive you, but the devil is defeated. I will crush him. I will crush him. I, I, I will crush him. The presence of God is promised. He said, the grace, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you. You have the presence of the Lord. You have the presence of the Lord. Now, we're out of town. But let me just run through a couple practical things. Refuse to associate with people that use misinformation to divide and distract you from growing in the Lord. That's the first thing. 
refused. In other words, you may not, you may be living with somebody like that. Maybe your husband or wife. So you need to change the way you relate to them. You can't move out. You can't leave the world. But you can adjust how you live, live with them. Here's another thing. Reaffirm the accuracy of what is taught with the truth of God's word. When you get finished the sermon today, you go back and see if what Pastor Benson said lines up with what God has said. Don't be mad at me. If you find that what I said is untrue, then come back to me and say, Pastor, what you said, I didn't find the word. But I guarantee you will. We need to be like the Berean Christians. The Bible says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness, and they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Don't just accept it because I said it. Re-examine. I'm running on, running on. Remain humble. That means don't ever think that you're so spiritual that you can't succumb to misinformation. And finally, refute error with God's truth in love. If somebody is misinformed, somebody said, and you know the five Hebrew boys, there ain't no five Hebrew boys. You know the Lord said if you take one step, you take two. I saw in the Bible where it said godliness is next to cleanliness. Is, oh, yeah. Help me find that. So refute error and have the last thing, last, last thing. <laughs> Repost verifiable facts. Don't you be taking something that somebody sent you, and just because they sent it to you, it must be true. They wouldn't have sent it. It could be wrong because they, they got it from an errant source. Only repost things that you can verify it's true. Stand with me. Watch out for misinformation. When the nation of Israel was preparing to enter into the promised land, Moses sent out 12 spies. But he didn't just choose anybody. He chose the leaders of 12 tribes. We would say the most spiritual representation of the 12 tribes. And they went into the land, and they spied it out for 40 days and 40 nights, and they came back with their reports. Ten of the 12 gave a factual report. They said the land is flowing with milk and honey. They said the, the land is also filled with inhabitants that are fighters. And they devour, they, they don't keep, they don't take prisoners. They gave another fact. They said, and they're Nephilim, they're giants in the land. And when we compare ourselves to the Nephilim, we, we look like grasshoppers in our own sight. All that was factual. But here's the misinformation. We cannot go in and inhabit the land. We cannot do what God said we can do. God said, you, you can go and look at it, but I've already given it to you. Misinformation was we can't do what God said because of what we see. Ten spies, leaders. And the Bible says that the people believe the negative misinformation. And the scripture says <laughs> that the people cried all night long and they questioned God. Why did you bring us out here to die? Why did you do this? We could have died in Egypt. It was better when I was unsaved. The people decided based on misinformation, it's time to get us some new spiritual leadership. Let's get us a new pastor. Let's fire. No, we ain't going to fire Moses. Let's stone this dude. And the only thing that saved Moses' life is that the Lord appeared in the fire and the people backed off. They're going to kill Moses and Joshua and Caleb. I want you to understand that misinformation caused the nation to miss out on the promises of God for their life. When you are misinformed, 
when you don't live by the scriptures, when you are allowing people to deceive you, you will miss out on what God has for you. And you need to make a decision. Ask for me in my house. I don't know about you or, or you, but ask for me in my house. I'm going to stand for the Lord. I hear a lot of reports, but whose report am I going to believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Say, watch out. Watch out for misinformation. Father God, we love you. We thank you. Father, we know that we're living in the last of the last days. Father, but with your help, we will walk in victory. With your help, oh God, we will develop spiritual confidence and steadfastness. Amen.